Hey, welcome to the Roastcast. I'm Tim Kennedy. With me, as always, is our esteemed bachelor expert, Alex Bradford, AB. Yes, sir. I'm wondering, am I the only... Do people in your life, or do you think listeners... I mean, do people consider you as in as high regard when it comes to The Bachelor as I do? I think some people do, Rim, but not as much. Not as much, because I don't have... I don't have the depth of other people's Bachelor knowledge. Um, mine doesn't go back as far. Now, what I have watched, I've dissected... Better than anyone in the country. That's a fact. Okay, that was okay. <laughs> but we're talking. What are we talking? In North like America, thirty seasons here, Rim. No, I think it's like twenty three or twenty four. Well, I've probably watched half of them. Well, that's pretty. I mean, that's pretty. That's good. pretty good. And you, you can't say the country or the nation because we got a shout out to all our listeners in Canada. We have a bizarrely high percentage of listeners in Canada. <laughs> can't explain it. Big Canadian fan base. Sorry. Shout, yeah, shout out to y'all. Uh, AB, how you feeling? What did you think of last night's episode? Are you talking about the filler episode they threw to us to get us to hometowns? Yeah, I didn't really fuck yeah. with it. Yeah, yeah. It was, I wouldn't go so far. Well, yeah, no, I'll call it filler. I'll join you in calling it filler. <laughs> I mean, so we already knew what was going to happen, right? But they had to try to spin it to get people to watch, which they did a decent job of. But in reality, we knew, I mean, what chance was this four not going to be the four going? It was probably the most predictable episode I've yeah. seen in my two-year history with this show. And not only was it predictable which four were moving on, but she basically fucking ranked them one to six. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, there was a clear delineation between each guy. Uh, that, this is just... We've talked, we talk about this every year. It seems like we get super hyped for the bachelor bachelorette. The first couple seasons are incredible. We love it. Every season, three quarters of the way through, it loses, it loses steam. This is like three mediocre episodes in a row, I think. Um, and like you said, it's because the dramatic people are gone. We know the favorites and we're just fucking slogging our way to hometowns. I and mean, there was nothing we, surprising in this episode. Once we get to hometowns, it's back on and it's, I hope so. It's great TV. You got hometowns and you got fantasy suites. Then you got meeting the families. You got yep. after the final rose is going to be good. Uh, oh, people and then forget about you got that. the finale. People forget about after the final rose where Demario, I assume, will be there. I think I think I read something. He's coming to all that shit. So, yeah. yep. Um, th though, I will say we do this every week. Every week we're like, man okay episode and then but next week though you see the previews it's gonna be crazy and then it never is listen they got they get me every time i see rachel like cry like here's an example rim they showed don't go into it i know which one you're gonna say it's okay. both that one was this is one of the biggest bullshit preview things we've ever seen on this show we'll talk <laughs> about right. it later All but right. it's right. outrageous the crying rachel thing was so yeah, outrageous that's exactly what i was going to oh my god Anyway, let's get into it. Let's let's get this show on the road. See if we can make it. You think we can make it under an hour today, B? No, I think I don't think so either. Flat out. Um, can I tell you something? So I'm doing this thing. I'm doing this Tom Hardy, trying to be like Tom Hardy, like sh trimming my beard mm -hmm. on the mm -hmm. cheeks, real and chin, real short, and let my mustache like just go crazy. And it's starting to get into my mouth, and it's very distracting. <laughs> but it's all for the look. And I don't even. I look like fat Tom Hardy, like John Goodman <laughs> and Tom Hardy had a baby. 
<laughs> so if I, you know, if I'm just if I seem distracted, it's because I am. All right, AB, Rachel and the fellas are in Geneva, Switzerland, uh, where all the best money launderers and tax shelterers like to play and hide their <laughs> hide their dough. Can we get some tropical stuff here, Rim? Yeah, you've been saying that for I'd say a year and a half. Solid, no <laughs> when, tropical when stuff. Did we get the you know the beach bods. I want to see the, I want to see these guys beach bods. So I was Google searching, Google image searching. I I don't remember what, but Eric popped up with his shirt off. I was like, holy shit, Eric is yoked <laughs> out of his mind, and we had no idea because we haven't seen any of these guys beach bods. I want to see these guys having fun at the pool at the beach. It's too late, you know, doing some fun stuff. <laughs> I'm tired of the snow. The Bachelor franchise is known for two things. Dramatic end-of-episode rose ceremonies where America, sorry, North America, gathers around their TV to watch who gets sent home in the most dramatic thing on t- television, mm-hmm. and shallow situations around water with beach bots. And they seem to have abandoned these ideals yeah. in recent years. Forget about who they are. Sad. Don't yeah. Don't forget your roots, Chris. Um. Anyway, Rachel strolls into the hotel room, the bachelorette we once loved about three weeks ago, and she kicks it right off by talking about the special circumstances surrounding this episode. AB, mm-hmm. no rose ceremony, like we just mentioned. ABC hates those. Mm-hmm. Three one-on-one dates and one three-on-one group date, a triple threat match, as we like to say. I mean, at this point, Matt and Adam should be, like, getting up to go pack, right? After she <laughs> announces this. I mean, yeah. You don't I, even get to hang around for the rose ceremony. You might as well pack your shit, get ready to go. It's over. It is over. You're not getting a one-on-one. Period. Well, devil's advocate. I mean, at this point, there was a sl- there was a sliver of hope that two... Adam and Matt are the only two guys out of the six who haven't had a one-on-one with her yet. You would think that with three one-on-ones, uh, an embarrassment of riches when it comes to one-on-one <laughs> opportunities, that maybe one of the two guys who haven't had, or both, who haven't had a one-on-one yet would get the chance to have a one-on-one. For some reason, it, but just, no. it never crossed my mind that these two were getting a one-on-one. I wasn't surprised at all. I didn't think they were getting it. I didn't think they deserved it. No. And it never really, it was never a thought that I thought they were going to get a... A one-on-one here. Obviously, Adam wasn't going to. Matt, maybe. Why? I mean, Matt's at least a nice guy. I don't know. She's, she seemed to like him later on. I don't know, because I like Matt. Don't don't play games with me, AB. Don't act like Adam was ahead of Matt. On the what about board. how Rachel like makes a big deal about, you know... Keeping it real? Not stringing people along, and then here are Matt and Adam just getting drugged behind her. <laughs> she doesn't... Uh, yeah, I mean... Again, I'll play the other side here. She has to play by the rules a little bit. I mean, she sent fucking six people home last episode. If she sent everybody home who she wanted, if she kept it 100 and she kept it real, half of these guys would have been gone four weeks ago. You know what I mean? Like, she has to, there has to be, she has to keep some guys around that she doesn't want to keep around, even though it's not fair. Why not keep Big Ant around, though? <sighs> Or Kenny, or... Just I mean, there's me. been so many good guys hit the dust that I don't even remember them all. <laughs> anyway, yeah, we'll never know the answers to these questions, AB. But anyway, she Brian gets the first one-on-one. An interesting choice, to say the least. I believe it's their third one-on-one. 
the only reason you pick him ahead of Adam or Matt, in my opinion, is that you're basically in love with him already. Absolutely. Yeah. These two, they have the most one-on-one time, but the least uh, talked about subjects. It's a weird mix. The ratio is way out of whack. But yeah, I mean, he's he's a he's a top two lock. Everyone knows that. He we yep. have two. We know what's happening the rest of this way. Yep, it's not even a question. But we have a podcast host, so let's pretend yep. like we <laughs> let's let's put some, let's inject inject some juice into this. Uh, let's skip ahead. We've we've been going for ten minutes and have talked about maybe four minutes of the show, so we got to keep it moving. <laughs> the Brian one on one date. All right, AB, let's set the scene here. So they're out and about in this fancy schmancy city, to, you know, just walking around doing city stuff. Typical one on one date. When Rachel's like, "Hey, let's take this fucking Bentley straight out of a Bond movie." <laughs> AB. Yep. Now, normally that would be like that would be enough of a treat. For a late in the game special one on one date, driving a rented Bentley. That's a big deal. That's a huge deal. And Rachel even, she says before they start going into this room, sometimes it's, when I'm in a relationship, I like to treat my man. And I've never treated a man better than I'm going to treat Brian. I mean, and she wasn't lying. The writing's on the wall and the words are in her mouth. <laughs> but no, AB, it wasn't just the Bentley. Rachel takes Brian. To the fucking Gucci store, maybe. <laughs> now, obviously, it wasn't a Gucci store, but I wanted to shout out to Two Chains for our listeners. I wanted to sneak that in there for our listeners. But she buys him a Breitling watch, a riffraff level watch, <laughs> his and hers, like you read about. Based on my research, AB, these these watches. Okay, are you ready for this? I'm ready. These watches cost somewhere between probably four thousand and six thousand dollars each. Even with the leather strap. Holy cow. Yeah, that leather strap. Good call. <laughs> yeah, I don't think I went for the top. I didn't go for the top most you're expensive price. You spent like five G's on Brian. And you're going, and then in the same breath, someone's going to be out there telling me Brian isn't going to win. Is that? Yep. Five G's on five Brian, and then geez. five G's on her, too. She got a watch as well. Hey, Rachel. <laughs> Rachel's got some money. Well, AB, I mean, ABC. What do you you think? You think ABC paid for this room? Absolutely. Why? No, not ABC. Breitling paid for it. Breitling gave. What are you talking about? Do you know how fucking sponsorships work? This is two steps back, AB. You're you're out of room. AB Brian's reaction, I think, was pretty telling. The most excited we've seen him all season is when Rachel's like, "Hey, I'm buying you this watch." (laughs) I would say at that point he immediately. Would you say ravished her? Yeah, it was it was uncomfortable. I'd say he attacked her. <laughs> if you're just walking down the street and you see somebody, if you see a man do that to a woman, you almost and you see that out of the corner of your eye, you're like, you almost want to step in and be like, hey, what's <laughs> going on here? Break it up. Are you okay, Miss Lady? Listen, I mean, this romance is the definition of getting caught up with being on the show. Yeah. The emotions are running high. He was your first impression. The the chemistry, this the physical chemistry is on fire at all times. It's, NC seventeen. I mean, stuff. once you step off the off the stage of the Bachelor and Bachelorette, this is the definition of a relationship that people that don't like the show are oh. talking about. You know, uh, once these two get off of this show, because he's going to win at this point. We know that. I think so, probably, too, yeah. He's going to probably win. Once they get off this show, 
Rachel's going to realize this guy's a shithead. And, you know, regular life with Brian, the chiropractor in Miami, the slick, you know, salesman isn't going to be as isn't going to be as fun as when he was just smooching you in Switzerland. A.B., great point. And I say that because I wrote down basically the exact same thing. <laughs> Brian, Brian is everything that is wrong. Yeah. Everything that critics love to mock about this show. He is that. The smooth talker, the fake bullshit topics of conversation, the phony of all of it. It's all fake. Why people hate The Bachelor, Bachelorette. All of it. You think this is the first time Brian smooched his way to an expensive watch before? Because I don't. <laughs> no. No. <laughs> this isn't the first watch he's tricked the lady into buying him. <laughs> Imagine day-to-day life with this fucking slime ball in Miami. <laughs> Okay, so here, here. let me just paint the picture for you. There's no room in your fridge because he's got, like, it's loaded with protein shakes and shit and his meal prepped Tupperware in there. Yep. He's got, like, boxes of sketchy, like, wonder, like, snake oil Product. supplements that he tries <laughs> to sell people. You're going to get in his car, and then he's going to, like, turn around to back it out, and there's going to be, like, some other girl's underwear in the back seat that he has to, like, fling <laughs> to the floor before you see it. <laughs> Rachel, Rachel, just wait. Until some beefed up, roided out Miami guy breaks into your shared condo because he just found out that Brian had an affair with his wife. <laughs> Is that the life you want? Is that the white life you want, Rachel? I mean, that's all slanderous, but hey, that shit won't happen with, with Wisconsin Pete. No. Midwest <laughs> Peter. I can believe that. I mean, you know who, you know what he reminds me of? The show Nip Tuck. You ever seen Nip Tuck in those two no, slimy I'm in. <laughs> those two slimy main characters? That's who he reminds me of. <laughs> that like uh, I would, wouldn't be surprised if he like had someone murdered at some point. Um, oh yeah, yeah. That's just that's just Brian. All right, let's keep it moving. I mean, we could just keep going, but we gotta we gotta Roasting move on. Brian. Uh, quick, <laughs> quick, uh, back of the house situation. We got Dean and Peter talking inside. Just wanted to point this out quick. Dean, once again, shows his maturity and accurate. Judge accurate. Did I say accurate correctly or did I go accurate? You said it right. Accurate judgment of character. When he says that Matt has spent his entire adult life, which at this point is Brian, Brian, excuse me, is creeping up on 20 years Sweet talking women in, in on South Beach. The South Beach creep, baby. That's what we'll call them from now on. The South Beach creep. <laughs> Dean called it like he sees it. Uh, anyway, you got anything on either that back of the house situation or Rachel and Brian making out in the flower garden? Because, I, I mean, these no. two are trash. I got nothing in there. I fast forwarded through that part of the show. I was tired of it. Yeah, I'm tired of it, too. I'm sick and tired of it, A.B. Uh, okay, well, then, if we're skipping the flower garden, then we're, where do you think that takes us, A.B.? Back of the house? <laughs> That's right, he'd be back at the house. I hope my true joy in doing this podcast is knowing that people who have never listened before, this is the first episode you've ever heard, and out of nowhere comes the Saved by the Bell transition, and there's no explanation for it. I hope you, I hope you find joy in that, listeners. Date card. Dean gets the date card. Put on your Sunday best. A.B., what do you got on Adam's reaction here? Uh, Adam and Matt seem to think 
that they have a lot better relationships, in Adam in particular, than they actually do. And it makes no sense to me. Adam, you're done. Have you not? Like, she's sent home other guys with whom she's had one-on-ones. Yeah. Like, weeks ago. And you've had almost no time with her. What makes you think that you're a shoe-in for hometowns? I wonder if anyone ever went through this many episodes without getting a one-on-one. He kind of snaked it till he made it. Yeah. I mean, this is this was as far as he could possibly go. He should be proud of himself for making it this far. I mean, think about this. If they would have, they went on this three-on-one, if one of those two got the rose, Adam or Matt, they would have made it to hometowns, and their first one-on-one date would be them taking the taking your significant other to your parents. Basically, yeah. on your first date. It was never going to happen, no. frankly. As soon as we realized that Rachel was giving these one-on-ones to the guys she likes and not, you know, equal opportunity employer situation, <laughs> we knew those two guys were going home because you can't bring Rachel, the bachelorette, home to your family who is probably already skeptical. And then they go, well, tell us about like how you got to know each other when you started falling in love. Tell us about the dates you've been on. And the answer is we haven't been on any dates. <laughs> it's not going to happen. <laughs> no. Adam's an idiot. All right. Uh, back to Brian's one-on-one date. AB, we had the Bentley. We had the Breitling. The 10K purchase at the Breitling Stowe. <laughs> and now we're in some fucking historic, Swiss, beautiful, old auditorium with candles everywhere and a fucking 12-piece orchestra string. <laughs> Maybe some one-on-ones you fucking go dog sledding and lay in the snow, and that's it. (laughs) That's your one-on-one. You have a a once-in-a-lifetime watch. He said something to the effect of, like, this is the best date I've ever had and will probably ever have. And it's like, well, no shit. I mean, you came came out on top huge here. (laughs) Got the best date that you could possibly have here. Anyway, uh, Rachel asked Brian about his background, I guess. I mean, I don't. What do you got on? You got anything big on Rachel and, and Brian talking about? You know, her growing up in private school, uh, him wanting an earring as a kid. (laughs) Nothing there, Rim, no. Uh, I will, I do want to point out that Rachel mentioned she went to private school and the South Beach creep, his natural reaction is to ask about the details of her (laughs) outfit, her schoolgirl uniform. What was your uniform like? (laughs) Hey, tell me about it. (laughs) Just just joking around, but really, no, that was like Brian's gut reaction to her saying that. (laughs) Listen... Maybe I'm in the minority because I went to private school myself. But wondering about a girl's uniform would not be a top 1,000 question (laughs) on my mind in that discussion. No, no. But he's a smooth talker. And he segs into a question about her last heartbreak, right? Was she talking about Nick? Was it Nick? Yeah, it has to be. I don't know if it was. Because she said the best part about it was when he met her family. He did meet her family. That's true, but he didn't meet her dad. Yeah. And from what I remember about that season, I don't know. It just didn't, it wasn't super clear to me. I would, I'd be interested to hear, I'd be interested to know what listeners think about that. I don't, I don't think she was talking about Nick, honestly. Okay. What'd you think about Brian? He then goes into talking about his last relationship, which he says was super hot and heavy, just like this one. Okay. Basically, all the warning signs that this one has. <laughs> all the warning signs. Like, it was moving way too fast, and then he asked her to go to a family wedding in Colombia. Met his family too soon. Even though they didn't have a good relationship yet. 
Um, AB, this was the first of, I think, three previous relationship stories that made utterly no sense <laughs> whatsoever. None. Uh, here's what I gathered. Uh, they went to Columbia, like you said. The girl met his mother, and apparently the mother was, and the girl, like, didn't get along, so the girl broke it up, broke it off with him. He used a term, he said, she wasn't willing to compromise and wasn't able to meet my mom halfway. I don't even know what the fuck you're, what they're talking about. What were your mom's demands? Yeah, <laughs> the first time meeting her. If any other guy said, shared that story, I think Rachel would be like, hold on. What happened? Give me the details. What does your mom want? But Rachel, when it comes to Brian, is just lost in his bullshit, doesn't even ask a follow-up question or any kind of clarification. So we're just, we all leave the situation confused while they dance and listen to the orchestra music. It's not Rachel the, you know, the fierce lawyer you're used to. It's Rachel the, you know, embarrassing high school story. It's embarrassing. I'm embarrassed for her. I'm right there with you, man. Uh, so she gives him the rose. She says she needs to meet his family. AB, I wouldn't put it past Brian to hire actors to play his family. <laughs> okay, Rachel, I'd like you to meet my younger brother, Hassan Whiteside of the Miami Heat. <laughs> Just like really wow her with some South Beach stars. <laughs> anyway, Ra- Rachel says, you know, off camera, she says he has so many of the characteristics that I'm looking for. Like what? Like what? You like what? <laughs> what? Sick of Lips. She also mentions that she feels like herself with Brian. Would you say that the version of Rachel with Brian is so far from herself that we've seen? So far from the person that we thought Rachel yeah was. If that really is herself, then she's the best Rachel that I've come across. The best Rachel I've seen was in Nick's season. I, you confuse the shit out of me. The best? Did you mean to say the best Rachel or the best Bachelorette? The best Rachel version of Rachel that I saw was in Nick's season. She was fun, fierce, didn't take shit. She didn't. It just wasn't. This is embarrassing what she's doing out here, Rim. I wouldn't go. I wouldn't go that far. I'd say that was like one or two notches down on the podium, Rachel. Beginning of this season, Rachel. First couple episodes was great. And I'd say, watch my finger now, every episode has been a steady decline <laughs> in how much I like Rachel. Not a sharp. There's no sharp declines. Just like, oh, oh. It's like it's like the opposite of that one Price is Right game. You're going up the mountain until finally you tip over and everybody goes, oh, that's where we're at here. We're almost to the top of the mountain and we're about to fall off. Okay, anyway, uh, Dean gets a one-on-one date. Stark compare and contrast, I'll say, to Brian's date, Brian's million-dollar date. There was some kind of awkward time when they were talking. I personally think Dean was the victim of a vicious editing job here, but what did you think of Dean's... They, You know, they had me thinking Dean was really blowing it, though. They had me tricked. I agree. It probably was, you know, an editing editing deal, but... She has been concerned about Dean, you know, not being mature enough, not getting digging deep into in the subjects. And what they showed us was her asking him questions and him just joking around. She was I mean, she was like holding his hand, trying to lead him into, hey, let's talk about this type of serious long term relationship thing. And then, you know, he responds with bullshit about tooth fairies and dinosaurs. I find it hard to believe that's what actually happened. But if it is. Bad look for Dean. Now, 
Dean apologists. I got to be an apologist for everybody because I, I, we got to we got to mount the attack against. <laughs> we got to put up the walls to prevent Brian from coming in. But I got to think the I'm scared of her meeting my family was in the back of his mind all day. Yeah. Coupled with the fact that at that point I met he he saw Brian's fucking watch mm-hmm. back of the hotel and was probably just like totally psyched out because everyone the other guys know that Brian is. I think far and away the leader in the pack. That's a great point. I mean, what kind of mindset can you come into the rest of this show with when you see Brian come back with a $5,000 watch and you haven't gotten shit? Not shit. <laughs> you got to feel pretty far behind. And Dean, all he got to go to was a Catholic match, that mass that was in French. Couldn't even understand it. They, they didn't show it, but... There was a there's a YouTube clip out there, a deleted scene where Brian comes back and he's like, "What's up, fellas?" And they're like, "Oh," and they go, "Oh, is that a new watch?" And he's like, "Yeah." <laughs> flash, flash, flash the blood, flash down. the fucking diamonds on your ass. And they're like, "Oh, okay." I mean, at that point, it's over. They should have showed that. Okay. Flashing the watch okay, is over. Good to see. Yeah. All right. Well, I'm fucked. I mean, imagine being Adam and Brian comes back with a Brightling. <laughs> Come on. Your dumbass hasn't even had a date. All right. Um, so nothing much in the in the Dean one-on-one date, daytime. Kind of awkward. He might save it at the nighttime. You'll have to stay tuned to the Rosecast to find out. Back at the house. We got two little situations here, AB. Peter and Eric talking on the dope-ass Geneva rooftop tower. Yep. Patio, I should say. Neither of them think Dean is husband material for Rachel. They think he's too young, Rem, and that's fair. That's really the only, you know, the only downfall of Dean right now. Uh, Peter gets a date card. Three one, Rachel has three one-on-one dates at her disposal, and she decides to give it to basically the three favorites, mm-hmm. each of whom have already had considerable one-on-one time with her. You said you weren't surprised by this in the intro. Do you think... I mean, do you think that was fair or reasonable of her to do that? Or do you think she should have given some time to the guys who haven't had it yet? Well, how broken up she acted about having to let go of these guys makes me, you know, and the not giving them a one-on-one is is alarming to me. And it was a bad look for Rachel. You're talking about later during the three-on-one yeah. when she had to send those guys home. Yeah, she, she had acted. to send the guys home. She acted like it was the worst decision she had to make. But you clearly had made this decision weeks ago. Before you got on the plane to go to Switzerland. Yeah. You were pretty before you, set Before this. you got there, you were pretty set on who was going to make this. The, you know, on the one hand, you could say that's not fair that she didn't even give these guys a chance. And she didn't. Those guys never had a chance. But on the other hand, I can understand why. And she said something about I need to be selfish. I can understand why if you have these one-on-one dates in, you know, this beautiful city use them on the people like invest them wisely if you will and use them on the guys who you really do think you're going to end up with and like you don't need to Adam you don't need to take Adam in the Bentley you know what I mean (laughs) you don't need to take Adam buy Matt a $5,000 watch yeah it's kind of cruel you could say and not fair that she didn't give them a chance but also 
Like, you guys signed up for that, right? You knew. Both those guys were are, should be thanking their lucky stars they even got to go on this trip to Switzerland, yeah. frankly, because none of them deserve to be at this late. So I, I think it, I've gone back and forth, but I'm on the side of Rachel, use your one-on-ones how you please. And if you wanted to get them to the top three, give them the top three. That's fine. That's fair. It just makes for bad entertainment yeah. is all. That's it. Yep. Nighttime one-on-one date with Dean. Uh, they are eating dinner in what appears to be an empty olive garden. <laughs> Rachel says something about the, how, how their daytime felt off. Mm-hmm. AB. Opening the door for Dean to finally, you know, blurt out what he's been Hiding, if you will. What do you got on on Dean's family revelation? Dean was digging deep there, Rem. His father didn't give him what he needed when he was growing up. After his mother's death, it should be noted after his mother's death. It sounds like there's nothing, like he has a very bad relationship with his family. I don't know if you got the same thing from that, but it seems like he has a bad relationship with his family, and he was basically embarrassed to take her home. Not only... Did he mention that his father is more distant than ever and didn't kind of step up after his mother passed when he was a teenager? He says my he says something about how his family abandoned him mm-hmm. at you know the most crucial point in his life. So that imply I don't remember if he has brothers or sisters, but it sounds like they're all yeah kind of not close. And Dean basically, you know we. Dean seems immature sometimes, but he did have to grow up pretty damn early. Like he's been yeah. through a lot for a 25 year old. Right. So, yep. um, you know, I can understand why he's kind of scared that Rachel will judge, judge his family and why it was so hard for him to, to come out about that. But he needed to say it it. total sense, but he had, yeah, he had to say it. This was, this is what saved him. It, it helped erase a little bit. The debacle from the afternoon and that awkwardness. So he needed to say it. He said it. He got the rose. I can't wait to meet the family room. That was one we'll talk about next week on The Bachelorette, but that was definitely the most intriguing. Mm-hmm. One of the two most intriguing things that could happen next week is, is Dean's dad in particular. It's shaping up to be one of the most awkward hometowns that we've experienced, at least on paper. Honestly, I don't even know if Rachel will meet Dean's dad. They didn't they didn't show in the preview that they met. Dean's dad looked disinterested. Dean was crying. Rachel's I mean, I would be at this point I'd what see was Dean's dad wearing. Well, see, I was gonna make some jokes about that, but it might be a religious thing, so I might I couldn't tell if it was a religious thing or if he was like a like a you know, a genie. Yeah, I'm gonna <laughs> I mean, that's. I was gonna say the he looks like Randy, Randy Quaid on the run from FBI. <laughs> the only reason I say that, I agree. It, I it crossed my mind that this could be a religious thing, but Dean says that he he said that his dad has become more eccentric over the yeah. since it's happened as well, which isn't usually something you say about someone that just becomes more religious. Yeah, chooses a different religion. You're, yeah, yeah. He's into. He's probably into some weird like voodoo shit. That's, we'll roast exactly, that. that's what I'm thinking too. Uh, the one last thing I wanted to say about this date, and it goes back to Brian. Rachel has these, these like rational reactions. Like the way she reacted to Dean opening up about that was reasonable and adult, and. You know, she acts like this around Dean and Peter and others, and then she gets around Brian, and it's fucking, it's sloppy, it's embarrassing, <laughs> it's immature. Brian's, Brian's like, oh hey, like my mom is so terrible with my last girlfriend that 
my last girlfriend broke up with me shortly after yeah. we went to a wedding together. And then she's like, wow, here's your rose. It's like, <laughs> you're not going to put them through the freaking ringer here. She pries with everyone else. She, yeah. It's so bizarre, AB. She pry with all these other guys. She pries. She gets them to open up and it works. And she should do that. But then with Brian, she's like, God, he's too good to be true. I don't. I'm, it's scary. And then she doesn't pry. You got to pry with this guy. This is the one guy who needs prying. Tell me about your business. Have you ever been accused of fraud? Anything like that? <laughs> All right. Next one on one date with Peter. Uh, they don't even do a, a card thing for this one. I imagine Adam's violent reaction was too hot for TV when he, <laughs> when he didn't get that third card. <laughs> a pretty romantic uh, helicopter ride above the Swiss Alps, I guess. I mean, unless you're afraid of heights, terrified of heights, like I would be in this situation. Maybe you got anything on this? I mean, nothing much happens here. They go. Do- There's no big revelation. They go dog sledding. Big dog whoop. sledding was kind of cool, I guess. You know, once in a lifetime opportunity. It's not a watch. I'm just, you know, you just got to stack everything up to against a watch. Who do you think had the best of the three dates? Like performance wise or like thing they did? Thing they did. I'm going to do this. I will answer which date I would have preferred. Yeah. Um, I'm not a watch guy. Okay. And I'm not a car guy. Like, it'd be cool to drive a Bentley, but I'm not you know, either. Whatever. The, uh, I, I'd say Peter's. I think I would want to do Peter's being in the, hel- I'm scared of heights, but being in the helicopter in the Swiss Alps would be cool as shit. Going dog sledding would be cool. I think. Yeah. Yeah. I'm with you. I didn't think you were going to say that, but what'd you think I was going to say? The watch? Yeah. No, I kept it honest. I mean, if you had an $8,000 watch though, or you could go dog sledding, which would you take? AB, I would. Well, I'd take the watch because I'm like an eBay profiteer. But if you if you <laughs> like, I would rather. I don't know. There's a lot of things worth far less than eight thousand dollars that I would rather receive in this scenario than that watch. Like I've I have no use for that watch. None. I'm not a watch guy. I mean, it was also just a super. It's just a superficial. You know, the, the richest yeah. possible thing you could do. It's like doesn't seem genuine at all. Yeah, and she, you know, it didn't, like, come out of her pocket. She didn't have to, like, make any extra effort. She was just like, here, it's yours, courtesy of Breitling. Bling! <laughs> and then you're like, and then he loses. I mean, I don't know. I wouldn't be I wouldn't be interested in that. Sorry. That's fair. Um, yeah, so nothing much happens there. Cool date, I suppose. Poor Peter. He didn't know what's about to come to him in, in about three, four weeks. Mm-hmm. Um, back at the house. Eric and Matt talking on the rooftop. They both have opinions, AB. Don't know why, but they got opinions. Well, Matt has slid into the wise guy of the house, the guy that everyone goes to. He was on these episodes most recently, almost exclusively at back to the house, like sit down conversations with other dudes. <laughs> yeah. Where he's just giving them wisdom. He thinks it's going to be tough for Peter and Rachel to recapture what they had early on. That's fine and reasonable. Um... Rim are people forgetting that Rachel and Peter filmed a softcore porn like a week ago? It's still there. Oh, yeah, I did forget about people that. People forgetting about that? Uh. People are acting like Peter is on the down and out. So this is this everything about Peter I I took as producer tricks. I think I think he they told Eric and Matt to have this conversation for one. Oh, for sure. Like 
did you you haven't seen a lot of peter you want to talk about that whatever (laughs) and then obviously we didn't we didn't touch on this yet but in the previews they made it seem like rachel was crying because of a conversation with peter and it turns out it had nothing to do with the man that's just something they're trying to trying to get going here to make it seem like the top two isn't so inevitable yeah that's true Brian, now for those listeners who also watch WWE, the weird thing about Brian is every all it seems like viewers don't like him at all. The vast majority of viewers don't like Brian and they see what we see. But ABC is not positioning him properly as a villain at all. I don't think they realize that everyone hates him. It it seems to me a little bit like a Roman Reigns style push where they're like, all right, they'll love Brian. And then they put yeah. Brian at the, the, you know, they act like Brian's this great guy. And everybody's like, no, we hate Brian. And you don't even understand that we hate Brian. They, they just show hints that other guys yeah. might not like him. They need to go all in on the Brian is a bad guy these last few weeks. Otherwise it will be, it will seem inevitable and frankly kind of boring if it's just Brian and Peter till the end and Brian wins. Couldn't have said it better myself. Sorry to all the people who listen to Rosecast but have no clue what Roman Reigns is or anything <laughs> I just said. All right, AB, Peter's one-on-one date. They're, you know, they're still in the... Now they're off the dogs. They're off the helicopter, and they're just fucking in the snow. Peter doesn't even have a hat on. In a remote mountain range and freezing cold temperatures. Peter's hair is fucking about to snap off like that one scene in Cool Runnings where Dougie Doug pops his drink. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Where Dougie Doug's yep. in the back of the ice truck. <laughs> Hey, does Peter's hair, it's it's looking more, it looked super gray in this oh. scene. Like, I kept looking at it to see if there was, like, snow in there, but no, it was just white. It was a, a huge patch of white hair. I didn't even realize it was white hair until the second viewing. I thought it was snow Yeah, that's what, at first, too. You know, we, we've made jokes about Peter's hair getting grayer as the season goes on. We've reached the point now where it's like concerningly gray. Like I, it's too. That's what I was thinking when I was looking. It's like the hair that Peter had during this scene made him look too old for Rachel. Yeah, yeah. I don't know what was going on because then later in the night it was fine again. I don't know if he dyed it in the meantime. Like producers hooked him up. Like Peter. You look at touch, touch of gray. Your, your fucking touch of gray is turning into seventy five percent gray. <laughs> um. Anyway, they did talk a little bit. Peter said this was the this was the big bullshit. Ab. Peter said it, it's hard for him to not be around her, and then he thought about leaving. Probably not true. Nope. But it's a good it's a good angle. It makes him seem super sincere. Uh. But of course, this was the infamous line that. They used in the teaser, which made it seem like he wanted to leave at that moment, and Rachel was crying. I mean, AB, I am so fucking sick and tired of ABC (laughs) playing these games. The the commercial bumps and the previews are usually misleading, okay? This season, they haven't been remotely close to what actually happens. The previous commercial break, they used that bump, which was like... Peter's about to leave, and I think he might have hit Rachel, and Rachel's crying like, Peter, what did you do, you motherfucker? And then it's like, nothing. It's totally nothing, nothing, and everything's about everything else. I'm tired of it, A.B. Chris Harrison, I'm tired of it. <laughs> you want to talk about their nighttime one-on-one? Yeah, there was some interesting stuff in there. Rachel asked him if, you've ever, if he's ever brought a black girl home before. It's a question that he, she asked to Will, and it was the downfall of Will. Um, 
He says, I've never dated a black woman. Mm, nothing. Nothing there, really. She doesn't She doesn't care. He's from, I mean, he's from Wisconsin. Yeah. He's from Wisconsin, so what do you know? Peter, said, Peter then goes into talking about his last relationship. And I was confused about most of it. So he says he never brought this girl home. But then he kind of draws out this almost movie scene-like breakup that yeah. him and his girlfriend had and how it still sticks with them and all this stuff. So I don't really, number one, it didn't answer her question at all. Have yep. you, when did you, when was the last person or who was the last person you brought home? And then he talks about someone he did not bring home. So yeah, um, totally dodge that question. Dodge the question. I don't think, uh, do you think he just never has? I think that's possible. I think, yeah, I think that's possible. And that would also kind of inform the way Peter's mom appears to be acting in the, Coming up next on the bad next week on the Bachelorette, like Peter's mom, Peter's like thirty, right? He's thirty two yeah. or something. His mom's like, oh, he's not ready for marriage. Like, what? Peter's got fucking his own businesses, and he's uh, he's <laughs> yeah. a man. Like, Peter seems like a mature, well put together guy. He seems like you know at this point he's fine. But if Peter has not brought anyone to meet her in his life, mm -hmm. then maybe that's why she's acting like that. So I don't know. I'd yeah. say it's probable that he hasn't at this point. I agree. They, they also talk about – I always like this question, especially on The Bachelorette, because it seems like on The Bachelor, the female contestants aren't as inclined to ask this. But on The Bachelorette, The Bachelorette asks, hey, if I pick you, are you going to propose to me in, yeah. in as many words? And Peter doesn't promise that because, you know, again, he's a normal person unlike Brian. But, you know, that does naturally give Rachel some hesitation or at least that's what they want you to think. Absolutely. He's saying something completely reasonable, but it's usually not a good sign. Well, he's, I mean, he doesn't say no, but he's like, if I have concerns at that point, I'll let you know and we'll talk about it. So, yeah, I mean, it's a totally normal guy answer because the, the bizarro world answer would be yes when there's, you know, five other guys remaining. Yeah. And you don't even know yet. Anyway, Peter gets the rose. Thus continues the first... The most predictable hour and a half of any Bachelorette episode this season. Peter, Dean, and Brian, one-on-one -on -one dates and roses. Bang, bang, bang. On to hometowns. AB, the three-on-one date, the triple threat match that we've been looking forward to. You know, we're, we're just, at this point in the, in the show, we're just begging for something tense <laughs> to happen. We need some tension to we need occur. Some juice. We need some juice for this episode. Give us something. You know, watching, imagine watching this show, listeners. And being bored, and then imagine having to watch it again so you can take notes and you know, do a <laughs> podcast. I mean, it's brutal. It's brutal. As if you if you disliked an episode, that means we probably disliked it twice as much. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, Adam uh, thinks that his relationship is ra with Rachel is stronger than anyone else in the house. Um, Maybe the most questionable statement I've ever heard anyone say on the show or otherwise. <laughs> it, you, it made me wonder if Adam is a legitimate lunatic. I mean, I think he might. Are be. you absolutely insane? What gives you that feeling? He said anyone else in the house. He didn't say anyone else on this date, no, which which is like arguable. Yeah, but. sure, okay. Anyone in the house? You just got three other people just got their second and third one on one dates while you haven't had a date. How? How? He's he might not be a lunatic, but in this moment, he's very delusional. Ab. Anyway, the three of them take a boat to France with Rachel. They all seem to be, there was no, you know, alpha, no, really, in this group. 
There's no villain in this group. They all are like, you're looking at three respectful guys. They're yeah. respectful of Rachel and each other. Mm-hmm. Adam does try to assert himself as like, you know, the main guy in the group, though, with that toast. What was that even about, A.B.? No, you, there was a lot of confusing speeches in this episode. You know, this was one I actually didn't mind, Rim. It was at the start of an awkward three-on-one date. And I think it was just kind of you, to let everyone know, you, yeah, we all know it's awkward, but let's just make this a good day. I thought it was all right. But what about the, you know, I don't live by the word difficult. Yeah, that was weird. Uh, I mean, Adam said a lot of questionable ass things and really can't even explain most of them. Just because you don't live by the word difficult or whatever doesn't mean it's not going to be difficult for Rachel to send two of you numbskulls home. Can we, speaking of that, have you ever seen a worse date card than that? Tomorrow will be oh. difficult, dot, dot, dot. I don't know what to say. It's I don't know what else like, to say. This is going to stink, uh, but I have to do it, and I'm yeah. going to have to let, and it's pretty obvious who's going home. <laughs> I don't like any of you. Uh, this is going to stink. It may as well have said, they're making me do this. It's part of the show. Let's get this over Let's with. See you tomorrow. Let's get it over <laughs> That's with. just basically yeah. what the card said. It, it might, yeah, it could have said, uh, Eric and also Adam and Matt, you guys can come too, but, you know, bring your bags. <laughs> let's uh, let's analyze the, the one-on-one times here. Eric. Okay, first off, Adam gets that speech, mm-hmm. and then to my knowledge, doesn't get any one-on-one time during the daytime. <laughs> she, <laughs> she, she takes Eric, and then she takes Matt. Yep. Uh, Eric uh, talks about, you know, how she's in a tough spot. She didn't seem too jazzed about kissing him. I mean, that was it with for me. You got anything on Eric and, and Rachel in that time? He got his hugs in, Rim. That was about it. Matt, one-on-one time, genuine conversation. Really wanted to see, you know, genu- truly just wants to see Rachel be happy. Yep. We've said it all along. Matt seems like a great guy. He's the freaking workhorse of this whole show. He's, he's, he's an older Grinder. guy, and he's down to earth. He's not, you know, he doesn't have a fancy title like all these other guys. He's just there, hand in the mud, ready to put in work for love. Hand in the dirt, hard hat, lunch pail type of guy. That being said, Rim, a guy with this hairline is, is not going to win in this competition. I'm sorry. No, he's not. Uh, can, I, can I tell you something? So there's a lot of rumors out there about Brian's potentially enhanced cheekbones. <laughs> I want to throw out there that if you give a good look to Brian's hair as well, the front part where typically, you know, where where Matt is missing hair, Brian has some hair that doesn't quite look like the other hair on oh. his head. I'll leave it at that, okay? Okay. Rim slandering <laughs> Brian. <laughs> Matt says, you know, I've waited patiently, and that line right there almost makes Rachel cry because she knows that she never gave him a chance yep. that he deserved. And it's too, it's it's far too late for Matt to catch up at this point. So, so, so late. She said, of all the people on this entire journey, you remind me the most of myself. Do you have any issues with how Rachel handled sending him home, A.B.? Uh, yeah, I have a fucking gigantic issue, Rim. She let him go, and then she gave him a double long smooch on the lips. Which, by all accounts, might have been his first kiss with her. <laughs> yeah. How I, is that going to help the situation? That's going to make it even worse. I think I don't know. We'll have to run the tape back. I think he kissed her. I no. never like that. Mm-hmm. I really? I think it was her. Okay. I watched this. Yeah. 
I think it was her. Okay, she, so she really likes Matt is what you're saying. Kiss. Like, they pulled away a little bit, and then they both came in again. Wow. Like, <laughs> that shit's unacceptable, <laughs> Rachel. That's unacceptable. I'm, I'm okay. Like, when Kenny went in for the kiss with her, yeah. I was uncomfortable with it, but at least, you know, what is she going to do? Like, pull away? No. If she's instigating the first movement, if she's going 90 and he's going 10, AB, we got a bad situation. I... Can't support it, that. It could not have come off worse to me. Ugh. But you're okay with her sending him home, like, as part of that conversation, yes. right? Okay. So we got just Adam and Eric left. Two non-contenders, two boring guys. Adam and Rachel finally get their one-on-one time. The f- basically the first meaningful one-on-one time we've seen with this guy all season. And he comes right out and says, do you see yourself potentially falling in love with me? Bold question. He's got to do it, though. Mm-hmm. because It's way more forward than the other guys because their relationships, you know, have evolved organically, yeah. whereas this guy... Listen, it was do or die time. He knew it. It was do or die. Do it's or time die. to fucking pull out the big guns. Whatever you have left in the fucking in the holster, you got to let it go. He threw the Hail Mary, and I thought yeah. he completed it. I thought he made it at the end of this conversation. What was this weird thing he kept saying... I just don't want you to ever think, what if it was Adam or something? I didn't even... You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, it just... Adam was just talking this episode, and he made zero sense most of the time. He, I think what he meant to say was, like, I don't want you to have any regrets, which is a nice, like, blanket, do what you need to do, but he, like, tried to point the camera at him. Yeah. Yeah, it was, like, through his eyes. I just don't want you to regret sending me home or something well i don't know is that a threat what are you trying to say <laughs> eric and rachel one-on-one time a couple of decent sized reveals here he tells rachel he's never brought a girl home before mm-hmm. and goes into his background uh his rough background growing up in baltimore some family members in jail you know never saw love growing up never really witnessed real relationships it's a wire rim Okay. Everyone knows that. <laughs> I didn't want to make any wire references, but yeah, okay. Maybe it was a little like the wire. My my thing is, and no disrespect, sir, but it seems like that's something that you know should have been brought to our attention. Yeah. I I don't know. I feel like that's day one like, stuff. Eric kind of said he was a gangbanger, <laughs> and his whole family was. I mean, it's not not like oh, I need to warn you. Like some family members are, you know, not on the straight and narrow. I'm just saying, like, if you have this kind of like non traditional background, this chaotic background, wouldn't that come up? Don't you think a little? And I'm not trying to offend anyone from any background, but wouldn't that be a topic of conversation early in the situation? I would think so. I would think so. And if you, if you made it out of there and are doing something, you know, else with your life and whatever you went to college and known a business or whatever he does. I feel like that's like a something you should be proud of and maybe put on display early in the process rather than like, oh, by the way, like Baltimore is kind of shitty. Yeah. It was bad, you know, like and we're going there next week here. Give, please give me a rose. Like, I don't know. That <laughs> seemed weird to me. All right, AB, capping off the most predictable two hours in Bachelorette history, the most predictable filler episode in history. Eric gets the rose on the on three on one date couple things here. One, delusional Adam uh, said his quote in the in the car or something 
when he was leaving was she made a huge mistake, a massive mistake. <laughs> he said if if she had just met my family, everything would be different. Why? Not a great strategy to pin your hopes on your family no. selling you. As a <laughs> no. If you don't make it to one-on-ones or if you don't make it to hometowns, like you didn't go to do a good enough job of selling yourself. Yeah. And people don't get married <laughs> with each other because of the other person's family. They get married because of that person. The family yeah, might I be mean, a part of it that they like, like a positive, but it's it can't yeah. be the basis of what your <laughs> your marriage is about. Come on, Adam. So that's, I mean, goodbye to Adam, I guess. We barely knew you. Then, now that's a paradise guy, would you say? Oh, yeah. He'll be there. He'll probably bring his family. It sounds like he needs to bring his family to have any success on Paradise <laughs> Island. Next week on The Bachelorette, we see nothing of Brian's family. Dean's dad looks, like we said, interesting. Mm-hmm. We don't see that Rachel meets him. We see a lot of crying. Dean is broken down. Dean's broken down, but again, take everything with a grain of salt. Like, maybe Dean, like, stubbed his toe, and that's why he's crying. It could be anything. Could he be could anything. be crying for any reason. So don't buy into the to the previews. Peter's mom maybe has some concerns about his readiness to get married. It's probably just typical, like, this is weird that you're going to marry this person from this TV show concerns. Yep. The big thing, A.B., some members of Rachel's family say they can smell the phoniness on Brian. Mm-hmm. This is our last hope. That's it. That's our last hope is Judge uh, Judge Lindsay smelling this rat. What do you expect? What are your predictions for next week? Next week, I think uh, Dean's dad is going to be super weird. And I think they are going to dig into some stuff that's going to be emotional, Rem. Brian... I think it's going to go extremely smoothly because he will have his family prepped and ready to go. Yeah. It's not, it's going to be fake as shit. It, come on. And then, oh, who else is going? Eric? Uh, he's got no shot. He's the one leaving next episode, I assume. No, hold up. Never mind. It, the, but the race the thing, race we thing. didn't talk yeah, about I it. I always go back to the race thing. He's going to get, he's, he'll be there next week or after next week. Oh, well, then who goes home then? I think Dean will go home next week. Wow. Okay. I don't know. I don't know. I, you know, if you, if you take the race out of it, it's Eric who goes home. Obviously obviously Eric, but that's a wild card. You don't know if she feels guilty or if they want her to not have have three white finalists or what's going on, or we don't even know what's going to happen with Dean. So I think there's a possibility that Eric makes it to fantasy suites. I think there is too. I hope that it's, you know, there is some tension to the point where we don't know for sure. So how this, I kind of like see said, it going, this was too predictable. If, if I were to make a guess right now, Eric gets the rose next week, and then he is sent home prior to the fantasy suite. So yeah. in the first part of the date, he then goes home. He is not invited into the fantasy suite. Uh, Peter and Brian are, obviously. And then yeah. I think... I think Brian wins. I do. AB, I agree with you. I did. I somebody. I have a sneaking feeling that somebody fewer than th- than three guys will make it to the fantasy suites. I really think that. I, I do too. Whether it's Dean or Eric who survives next week's hometowns, I think one of those two she will. Because it's so. It's just 
you know, unless we can't see the forest for the trees here, it's so obvious who our top two is. And I don't think she would drag that third guy into the scenario yeah. and have a, and, you know, have a potentially awkward after the final rose situation. Yep. I agree. Uh, yeah. And I think, I think Brian's going to win too. I mean, sorry, people like we've been confronted with the inevitable. It's becoming more and more clear every episode. We don't, we all want to deny it and we don't like that. She's going this direction, but so far there's no reason why we wouldn't believe that Brian is the winner at this point. And I follow Peter on Instagram. Maybe Uh Oh, he's expanding his business in Madison, Wisconsin, big purchase for whatever his, uh, train personal training thing is Okay, coming up down the line. And okay, I got it. You know, I don't know if Ra- I just can't imagine Rachel in Madison, Wisconsin. I'm sorry. So that's fair. That's, that's has fair. me leaning. Has me leaning. Did I? Spo- is that a spoiler? Would you say like? Do you think people will be mad that I said that? <laughs> it's close. Okay. <laughs> well, I don't know. I mean, it's on Instagram though. That's not. It's on Instagram. Yeah, it's not yeah. a spoiler. But I, hey, listen, that's not any more spoiling anything than her paying five thousand dollars for a watch for Brian. <laughs> Anyway, AB, you got anything else on this episode? What would you give the R episode? What would you grade our episode? A solid B plus, Rim. And yes, I do have some. I have some outside the rose content for you. Okay, let's hear it. Rachel Lindsay plummeting down my, you know, power rankings of favorite Bachelor and Bachelorette contestants, plummeting uh, down it. Wow. She was on. The All-Star Legends and Celebrity Softball Games yesterday. Did you see anything with that? I saw she was... Oh, and where was the MLB All-Star game, AB? Miami. Miami. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay, folks. Anyway, okay. Okay, okay anyway. All Go right. ahead, AB. Rachel Lindsay put on the worst softball performance I have ever seen from someone. It was truly embarrassing. She has all along said that she's a pretty good athlete and was, and is consistently in all the athletic events failed miserably. And this was, what are you talking about? She could hoop except for hooping. So except for hooping, good call. But then she did handball and that was a little embarrassing. And then she did softball, which was the worst thing I've ever seen. First at bat, she comes up, Rim, I shit you not, she is choked up past the handle. She's on, <laughs> she is choked up so far, she's getting on to the fat part of the bat. <laughs> she takes her swing, it's basically a swinging bunt to the pitcher. It's so humiliating. Second at bat, oh, the pitcher call, like stops the game and tells everyone to come in. <laughs> and then the pitcher at this time, I think is Jenny Finch. And she throws it to her like you would toss a ball to a three-year-old. Like, you know, like, like real hesitantly and like you're showing them the ball for a really long time. So you make sure that they keep their eye on it. And then she moves up like six feet. So she's like three feet away from her. She hits it again. Another swinging bunt. (laughs) Third at bat. Same exact thing. Swinging bunt to the pitcher. she didn't get the ball past the pitcher. Three swinging bunts to the pitcher. She was all the way up on the bat. And to top it off, Rim, celebrity softball contest. She's one of the most famous people there, or or most popular. I wouldn't say famous, but she's one of the yeah. most in right now, most popular people there. And yeah. she's so bad, they don't even play her in the field. Oh. 
She plays zero minutes in the field. That's embarrassing, but that's the reason why she's dropping on your list of all time. <laughs> I thought she was a rankings. good athlete. That was a, a reason I liked her. We were sold the bill of goods here, AB. Yeah. All right. Well, that's uh, that's good. I, you know, you gave this episode a B plus. I think we made some chicken salad, chicken salad out of chicken shit here. Hopefully, yep. Uh, if you liked what you heard, thank you for listening. Hopefully, next episode will have some more excitement to it. Hometowns look look steamy. Uh, but yeah, if you liked what you heard, please subscribe on Apple Podcasts and or Stitcher. Shout out to Stitcher. Um, y'all are the worst. Stitcher consistently is late uploading their shit to their app and one week they just didn't it just didn't post to stitcher so <laughs> shout out to stitcher and good luck to all the android users out there but if you at all you can also listen in other apps elsewhere um or at eightscreens.com but if you like it please leave a review we love to read the reviews ab wouldn't you agree sure shit do rim love them and if you can't if you can't get enough of this natural chemistry between rim and ab then go ahead and subscribe to the rimcast where we talk about basically everything that isn't on ABC on Monday nights. Mm-hmm. Um, AB, do we have any specials running this week? Any special promotions going on? Yeah, Rim. It's it's. Is that the whole week? Do you think? Yeah, it's it's no. It's actually it's a it's a month long. It's it's July oh. is the month of okay. you know refer a friend. Refer a friend month. It only happens once a year. Once a year mega event. Mm-hmm. Uh, just like a car dealership sale, this only come. You're only gonna get these deals once in a blue moon. Um, and maybe what is refer a friend month? It's when you love the Rosecast and the Rimcast so much that you take your friend who you know that isn't a listener. You take their phone, you subscribe on it. You go to the podcast app. You you hit subscribe after searching for Rimcast and Rosecast. You mm-hmm. give them the phone. You tell them about it. You explain some uh, the reasons to watch it or the reasons to listen to it, and you you know build a further or build a new listener for the brand. Wow! Shout out to you for that detailed explanation of what is involved in Refer a Friend yeah, Month. I got you. Uh, pretty exciting stuff. It is. Uh, so yeah. <laughs> so yeah. If you get a chance to refer a friend, please take part of that in that month long celebration. Um, <laughs> Anyway, other than that, I think that's all the all the announcements we have. Thank you again for listening. We appreciate it. And um, we'll talk to you next week. 